cigars all around Cheers, y'all Try not to scare the the people eating uh, outdoors here at Target uh, <laughs> <Arcana> TV <laughs> Limit. Yes. Get everybody turn around. Yeah. If I if I'd given it the the full treatment, we would have, yeah, we would have scared some people away. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Welcome, my friends, to this fine little program, uh, the world famous smoking and toasting. Uh, Hi, sh- Show number 177. Uh, it's Irish whiskey and Oliva cigars live at BB Lemon in Houston on uh, Washington Ave, right across from. B&B Butchers and Restaurant, who bring you the show. Uh, they're at 1814 Washington Ave. Uh, they're in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, and in addition to B.B. Lemon, uh, B.B. Italia on Memorial in Houston. And the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. Also, we have a new sponsor this week. Uh, excited to announce. Uh, the show is now also brought to you by Corona Beer, uh, whose new slogan is, We swear to God we had nothing to do with it. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. The corona, well, Corona's not really a... People actually think that. Their sales are off in a, like, significant way. It's not like they're down a little. They're, like, they're way off. Man, name recognition, huh? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. And what's up it's, with this toilet paper scare? It, I, I don't get that's it. That's so weird. Uh, yeah, that is the weirdest thing ever. I think anytime there's a scare of any kind, people go, what would be the worst scenario? No toilet paper. paper. So they go and just and just. Stock I can think up. of a few worse things, yeah. but maybe. You know, maybe. I'm just going to point out: as long as you got running water, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're so French from back in the day. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, Trenton is uh, here. Trenton Smith from Oliva Cigars, and we are uh, hoping still to be joined by Jeremiah Butler. Now, the original concept for the show today is that we were going to be. Uh, Jeremiah was going to be parading out a bunch of Irish whiskeys mm-hmm. and walking us through an Irish whiskey tasting, uh, and uh, Trenton was going to be here to talk about Oliva cigars, and we were going to be smoking Oliva cigars. Some of that's still happening, but we're not sure if Jeremiah is going to make it or not. They've got some things going on at B and B that he's uh, responsible for. They got to take care of. So we are hoping that he joins us. I brought Irish whiskeys, and there's some Irish whiskey available from the bar here at BB Lemon, and Trenton, of course, is here with. Uh, Oliva cigars, and we have already lit up. So, what are you smoking there, Ian? Oh, I've got the uh, Siri V Milano, not the Siri Five. Now, I not was going to ask you: Is it really Siri Five, or do, or no, do people it's call Siri it Siri V? v. Okay. It's Siri v. Well, see, I don't, I don't, I've off. I've, to be honest, gone back and forth because I didn't know which was correct. And it's Oliva, not Oliva, Olivia. Yeah, that right, that so part, that Oliva. part I know. Yeah, Oliva. Yeah, from the Oliva uh, tobacco family. Yes. Right. So. Uh, uh, you are smoking uh, one of my absolute favorite Oliva products. Master Blend. Yeah, those Master are great. Blend. Yeah, so good, so good. In fact, I had one of those uh, earlier this week, and, and just it's that cigar is always a treat. I think it was about a year ago I tipped into uh, Lone Star Cigars one day and saw that Lancero that you have there. I was like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen this. I have this to snap the, up a uh, few. And this is the Siri so V slash 5 uh, in, the, <laughs> in the Lancero size. And uh, so... Why is this cigar so good? You know, okay, first of all, I brought these, this selection because that got number one, the Figurado, Milano Figurado got number one so in good. 2014 yeah, in Cigar so Aficionado. The Lancero got number seven this year, and then I just love the Master Blend. So, Master Blends are great. So back to the Lancero, it kind of goes back to a purist point of view. Back in Cuba, the Master Cigar Rollers, they loved the 
skinny, long cigars, and that's called a Lancero. The reason for that, it uh, proportionately has more wrapper to filler, mm-hmm. and the wrapper right. is the most expensive part of the cigar. Is it takes and the most And where most, most care. of the flavor comes from. Correct, yeah, because right. you're actually touching your mouth to it, and it's, uh, it's on your lips, so you're going to get a lot more flavor from that. Now, the bigger the cigar, the... Uh, the filler and the wrapper are going to have, or the filler and the binder are going to have a little bit more of an impact. But on on a Lancero, the wrapper is going to have a lot more impact on the flavor. Well, and that's why that's why a blender, like just the idea of being a blender and taking the same profile through a bunch of different shapes and sizes, is pretty amazing because you're trying to get the same flavor profile. Oh, yeah. This is the part I just don't know how completely variable yeah. thing. I just don't know how this they do This one's going to have more filler because it's a bigger cigar. Now, how do I get it to taste back like the smaller like one? the Lancero taste. Or whatever. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Well, and the Lancero is made by our most seasoned veterans, the uh, most talented cigar makers, because there's a lot less room for air. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you have, if you put a little bit too much tobacco in it, it's going to be a miserable experience. It's really it's gonna, easy to plug up. It yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, the Figurados are very hard to make also, and our most experienced cigar rollers will make these because if you look at it, there's going to be less tobacco at the, the head at and the, the, foot, head and the foot, yep, yep. and you have to get it right proportionately or it's not going to taste right. Well, you were talking about how you have to have the best ones to make the Lanceros as well as the uh, as the Figurados. Look at the burn on that. Perfect. Absolute perfection. Ian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. And it about. all starts with a good cut and light. Yeah, uh, it does. <laughs> it really does. But... But I will uh, I will tell you that, you know, and, and Oliva cigars, all of your cigars, by the way, including the Milanio and the Master Blend, are, are I think, very reasonably priced, for, for particularly for what you get for the cigars. I think Oliva cigars are one of the absolute most reasonably priced cigars on the market. When I first started smoking cigars, Oliva was one of my very first favorite blends. And unlike some of my favorite blends, uh, favorite brands from that day i still smoke them regularly because yeah. some of them you know uh, used to be my favorite i just kind of moved away and and went to other things there's always olivas in my humidor and not because i let them sit there and the and our newest cigar which came out about three years ago is a tribute to our patriarch uh gilberto so right. gilberto oliva and that mm-hmm. cigar is wonderful we have it in a uh, Connecticut wrapper, and that's the Blanc. And then we yep. also have it in an Indonesian Sumatra wrapper, and that's going to have just a little bit of spice to it. But price point. It may price be one of the best cigars you can buy for that price. It's, it's just perfect. It's, it's six, yeah. seven bucks. Yeah. And and it smokes like a I've had the much Connecticut. more expensive. Yeah, yeah. That's it really does. Outstanding. It really does. So really all of your cigars, I think, punch a little outside their weight class in terms of price to quality. And uh, certainly I know every time we've – reviewed an Oliva on the show, it's always done really well on our price-to-quality scale, which is how we like to, to rate things because, you know, if you go out and pay, you know, $18 for a cigar, it's going to be tough for that to smoke, like, better than an $18 yeah. cigar. But you can pay 5 or 6 or 8 for one and go, wow, this is smoking way better than what I paid, and so that's why we like to use that scale and yeah. and and uh, work things out. Yeah, that it's way, so similar so. to whiskeys or wine. I mean, everybody has that mm-hmm. sweet spot. Everybody has that number that they don't want to go over. And if you do go over it, it better be really good. Yeah, yes. it, has to, yeah. it has to be that kind of good, right? Yeah, because yeah. because you're thinking of it as more of a special occasion thing. It's like, man, I love the Padron Anniversarios, but 
I'm not the guy that can afford to smoke one of those every oh, time I reach. Come on now, you know. I mean, they're great. They, you don't they smoke really five are good. of those a day at yeah, thirty bucks yeah, a pop. Well, you know. Yeah, uh, I just don't tell you guys about it because I don't want you to. You don't want us to be I, I jealous want, and on. I don't you. want you to be either, either like stop hanging out with me or be hang out with me all the time and expect me to always oh, pay. Oh man, I uh, so, I, uh, I didn't bring yeah, a cigar. Yeah. You got another one? Alligator <laughs> arms. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to do some interesting tasting today. We've kind of put our own Irish whiskey tasting together, uh, and we'll be tasting uh, several things that I brought along. I brought a uh, fresh new bottle of Slain, which we've tasted on the show before mm-hmm. and determined that it was, you're talking about things that punch outside their weight class, um, that it was really one of the better uh, whiskeys we'd tried in its price range. Absolutely, You absolutely. could pick that up for $30 or I, less. I, I think the first time we tried that, uh, they had it as a special, and the bartender up at Reserve 101 was yes. telling us about it. And she was very excited about it because she said they all, you know, they brought it in and all the bartenders and stuff were doing a tasting on it. And they were all guessing they were going to be selling it for much more right. than what they ultimately did. And uh, so she suggested it to us that first time we tried it, and it was great. Uh, but there, there have been a few bottles go through my house. Yes. Oh, it, it, they're definitely worth well, it. Well, you know, I, I started thinking, because you, you called me earlier. You said, hey, man, do you have any uh, Irish whiskeys at your house? And I said, maybe. Uh, turns out I have about a sip of Tullamore Dew left in one bottle. And I can't tell. I think it's a sip because it's in the crock in the, uh, yes, yes. In the uh, ceramic tell. Yeah. Uh, bottle. Yeah. <laughs> But well, it barely makes a sound when you say And I realized what happened to all my Irish whiskey. I drank it all. You know, that, that can be a... <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. That can be, but that can be an issue with whiskey. Drank it Sometimes all. it's gone because... I didn't drink it all at once, but I did drink yeah. it all. Well, I did bring some Tullamore Dew. I brought a Tullamore Dew single malt. Actually, oh, you brought we'll fancy be, stuff. Yeah, that we'll be uh, tasting. And then um, Jameson's has a special series that's their distiller blend. Uh, and they, uh, I brought one of those that I'll be kind of bringing out a little later, but uh, their uh, head distiller, their master distiller, this is his sort of private creation uh, for Jameson. That's so. awesome. I haven't seen that one actually before, but I know they've been hitting it out of park with the uh, Caskmates mm-hmm. series. That mm-hmm. stout one especially yes. is really, really good. Well, this is called Blender's Dog. Apparently he named it after his dog. Nice. So, <laughs> so we'll be getting to that, and we may be... Uh, we may be breaking into the bar a little bit here at BB Lemon and uh, tasting some of their things. By the way, this this makes me think of the first show we did here at BB Lemon, where we did the cocktail show. Yeah, these guys can make some cocktails. That was so man. good. Uh, especially so good. cocktails has become such a, you know, such a thing. Yeah, I like the way they do it here because they keep the menu fairly short. Yeah. There's like seven, maybe eight, uh, really interesting and different cocktails. They don't make. 400 of them right but they make those eight but wow really yes. really well yeah and uh, so I, so I love that they do that so so we have uh, we have that irish whiskey tasting coming up on the show we of course will be talking oliva cigars and we have some beers to taste aleworks brewing is out of fort worth texas we'll be tasting their feisty blonde i like it's aleworks. a honey vanilla blonde and uh, we have not had it on the show before so i'm looking forward to that then from athens ohio little fish brewing companies Passionista. It's a barrel-aged sour ale with passion fruit. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. And then finally, I know you're probably not going to like this, Ian, but uh, from Elementary Brewing in Hackensack, New Jersey. Uh, I just the, love saying Hackensack, by the way. Yes. It, it's one of the more fun. It, it sounds like a city and a sport. Right. You know? Well, you know, there's a cut-and-shoot Texas, too, yeah. which is very much the same. It sounds uh, like you gotta, a town. You got to love it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a town. It. I'm sorry. Uh, from yeah. it, cut-and-shoot? Yeah, really. Cut-and-shoot, cut and shoot, yeah, if you're headed up on 105 towards Conroe. 
Cut and shoot Texas. Now I, like I look it. it up on a map. I swear. I thought <laughs> I thought that was. I've just, driven through it. I thought that was the name of the place that uh, um, uh, Jim Pruitt used to own. Maybe that maybe that was something else. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, sorry. Very inside joke yeah. for the three of you, though. That was <laughs> good. You, yeah. uh, uh, I, guess, anyway. I guess I'm not one of those yeah. three. <laughs> we'll we'll tell you We're about right that. Right over there. Yeah, uh, from elementary in Hackensack, uh, we'll be tasting. Here's another fun word to say. They're Laniakea. It's a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout. I hope you don't mind. Say, say the name of it again. Laniakea. One more time. L-A-N-I-A. <laughs> it's just fun to watch K-E-A. you try Laniakea. It smoke's coming out of his ears. I don't know if it's Hawaiian. It sounds Hawaiian. And I think if I lived in Hackensack, I'd be thinking about Hawaii a lot, as in i got to get out of Hackensack and go there. I don't usually think of Hawaii and barley wines. Well, maybe so. But I love barley wine, so I'm excited about that. We have a list we will share with you of... The um, uh, Irish best Irish whiskeys uh, for St. Patrick's Day, and you can weigh in and see if you agree with the list. I'm hoping Jeremiah will make it over for that because I, I would love to have his whiskey expertise. Now, Trenton, I know you have to drive right after the show, so you're unfortunately totally taking it easy on the tasting, and we we understand and and you know we don't require our our guests to taste, but they're always invited. Oh, and, believe me, I would I would love to partake. And, and speaking of invited. Uh, I'll give you the date uh, that we're projecting for the 200th show. You might want to mark that on your calendar Can't and wait. do two things. Make sure you're there because you'll be invited. And uh, this is one to Uber to. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Uber because, to and from. Uh, uh, unless you have somebody who can come pick you up like Jeremiah's wife did last year. So that's a, <laughs> How nice. That's a, that's a that's good right. thing to do. So. All right. Let's take a break. We want to come back. We want to talk Oliva. We'll do uh, a little bit of whiskey tasting, and we'll taste our first beer, the Feisty Blonde Honey Vanilla oh, Blonde. we have to talk about what's going on tonight, too. Oh, that's right. So we'll tell you all about that. If you're in the Houston area, there's a great event with Florida Kanye Rum tonight, and we'll tell you all about that coming up. It's smoking and Toasting. Welcome to the show. Smoking and toasting. It's show number one hundred and seventy-seven. We are halfway to two hundred, sir. And very excited about that. Yeah, two hundred <laughs> will be coming up. Yes, <laughs> School uh, of Liberty. We are uh, live at BB Lemon, which is uh, a sponsor of the show. BB Lemon is on uh, Washington Ave, right across the street from B and B Butchers and Restaurant. You can see and B&B by the way, from here, look, yeah. it's right there. And by the way, in and it's beautiful. You know, it's gorgeous to, today. To our viewers and listeners in. States that are not Texas, and sorry. I know we have a lot. Oh, of you guys are going to hate it when I say this. It is what? What did the temperature say? Eighty-one degrees 81 out here degrees with a breeze, and it's beautiful. It's just absolutely, <laughs> and it's like beautiful. this year-round. Yeah. 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 I'm sitting in a sunbeam, yeah. yeah. and I'm not sweating to death yeah. today. But don't move here if you've been exposed to the coronavirus, please. Yes. Uh, so, uh, no, it's 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 absolutely gorgeous out here. It's a perfect day uh, for smoking cigars, and we're just uh, thrilled to be at BB Lemon. Uh, BB Lemon, Trenton. Um, how did Oliva Cigar? When? What year did Oliva Cigars uh, start uh, producing? Is this one of those brands that goes way back? Nah, like twenty-two years. That's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. So this is like boom era uh, that that Oliva Correct. came around. That you know there were a lot of cigar companies that launched during the boom era. Yeah. Most of them are Most long gone. Yeah. gone. yeah. So uh, clearly you guys were making a superior product, but that that had to be a tough thing to do back in the. Yeah, I mean, because it's tough to get tobacco. Just give a lot of credit to the Oliva family because they took it. I mean, there's a term called uh, virtual. um, Oh, um, 
something integrated. Uh, now I'm Vertical sorry. integration. Vertically, thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Just drawing a blank. Yeah, yeah. Vertically integrated, and that's where you are in control of every step of the process, from the planting of the seeds to the growing of the tobacco to the drying of the tobacco to the curing of it to the making of the cigars. We just opened up a box factory, nice. which is just beautiful. Nice. And so that's a whole nother uh, part and, of the equation. And speaking of which, hand me that Master Blends box here, because their boxes are just absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous. Take, take a look at that. That is a way I'm above I'm gonna average move this cigar up to the camera. Box. Yeah. Although I have to set my mic down because I'm tethered today. Yes, you forgot your wireless mic, and he's been pouting about it since he got here, folks. Uh, uh, but that's that's a, a look at what the Master Blends box looks like, and hopefully our autofocus is uh, working a little better in this segment. But Ian, I can tell you the um, the box factory that makes these that's that's got to be an amazing place because this is not just this is not just slapped together. Yeah, you know? and uh, just the box factory is just a whole new part of what we're doing. When you count on somebody else to make something for you, and we're finding that out right now with uh, swag and things that we order through China, I mean, sure, that's yeah. drying up pretty quickly. So yeah. if you control making and uh, just how well it's made, the quality control and everything, uh, that's, there's, yeah, a that's lot, back there's a to lot being, less things that can that's go wrong. That's back to being your uh, vertically integrated company. You're in control of every part that comes out. Well, and, you know, of course, the bad news is if anything screws up, it's your, your fault. It's definitely your but fault. But the good news is you don't have to deal with other people's screw-ups, and that's, that's, a, right. th- that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. Well, you know, I, re- that- I remember uh, our friend Stuart Scloss, who's with Pura Vida Tequila, uh, they went through this whole thing at a part of their growth that they didn't get to grow as fast as the market was demanding, and it was because of the people who made the caps for the bottles. Yeah, I remember you that. Know? And they were, they were just, there was nothing they could do. They couldn't, they couldn't keep bottling tequila because they were waiting on the caps, and Whoever it was that was supplying them had, you know, not met their deadlines. You know? we, we go through that every now and then with tubos. Yeah. The, oh, right. That, that you put into the correct. Yes, if, yes. If that supply chain dries up, we can't sell the tubos. Mm-hmm. And back to what you were saying about uh, it's easier to control the quality when you're doing everything. Right. Just because you ha- we have so many uh, control measures, so many inspections, and just all along the way, it's incredible. If you've ever seen the process, you would be amazed that this cigar is a $10 cigar. Right. That, that's also going to allow you to tweak your inventory uh, substantially. And then even beyond that, if you decide to change a cigar, introduce a new size, you don't have to go through the whole design, send it out, get it back, see if it works and all that stuff. Right. You build them right there in shop and right. tweak them as you go. Right. Now all we have to do is uh, get the FDA on board. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Uh, but you are right. When uh, we got invited to um, uh, go down to Honduras and uh, uh, visit the Aladino, uh, Aladino yeah. uh, factory, they do things the same way, um, which is all, you know, complete vertical integration. But going through the process, watching all of the steps – that are involved. I'll never complain about paying ten dollars for a cigar again. In well, fact, I'm amazed I can make who one. Who was it that I put out the, the three hundred you know? hand cigar that was? Um, that's right. I remember the. They cigar. had they had the series that was three hundred hands because that's ostensibly the uh, amount of hands amount that of hands have to touch a cigar it, yeah. before it's actually sold to you. Jeez, I hope they wash those hands. I was just <laughs> thinking the same thing. <laughs> But yes, you know, well, we're all, I guess, slightly more sensitized to that if we've turned on the news at any point, because right. that's all they seem to be talking about. But um, who is there a single person that is responsible for all of the blends in the Oliva family, or have there been different people that blended different ones? Uh, 
at different times it's been different people we were just bought by jay cortez which is a belgium company and it's been three years now so we've had a lot of changes in our company and that has just been a huge blessing for us because that's they put a lot of money into it we just had the grand opening of our new factory in nicaragua uh this last december which we all got to go to as uh employees of oliva and it's just an absolute gorgeous factory. Wow. And uh, we're able to get rid of our back orders. The whole time, I've been with the Leva for over seven years, and the whole time we've always had back orders on Milanio and V. Yeah. Now back orders are a thing of the past. Right, we, nice. are, we are up with our production. You can, you can feel and that. So, yeah, along the way, we've had different people. Uh, most recently, Jose Oliva. He's mm-hmm. stepped away as the owner. He's still doing consulting for us, but he had a big role in it. Uh, Gilberto Oliva had a big role in it. I mean, he's the one that started it. So, so I'm 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 a little amazed by that because I wasn't aware of the uh, the company uh, being sold. And I've had in the past there have been certain cigars that I've smoked a lot, and then all of a sudden I pick one up and it's different. And right. I have not experienced that with the Oliva cigars at all. And, and that, they remain very and, consistent. And again, that's because we control every aspect of the operations from fields to the factory to the consumer's hands. Well, and it does go to, go to show you that, and this is something in craft beer too, um, being bought by one of the big companies doesn't necessarily make the beer not good anymore. But it can have an impact if they change <laughs> where it's Change the flavor, the formula, right. the, any of the you processes. Can't, you, you can't put as much grapefruit in it. Whatever the you know, whatever <laughs> the thing <laughs> might be. You're still charged about that uh, one. You know, that was one of my uh, uh, honestly. That was my favorite beer in Carbox's entire line <laughs> was the Big and Bright, and it's still good, but it's, it's just not, not as, as big. good as it used to be. It's not as big and it's not as bright, and uh, that's because allegedly they were told they didn't need to use quite so much grapefruit. Huh. Yeah, so, change uh, the flavor. Yeah, change the flavor is not necessarily a good idea speaking, unless you're doing it in a way that's going to improve. It. Speaking yeah. of flavor, you handed me this uh, this feisty blonde mm-hmm. ale here. The honey vanilla blonde. The honey believe. vanilla blonde, and it's got a it's got a can art. It's a chick on there. It looks like the almost famous chick, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of does. Actually, right? it sure does. Can, I'll take that uh, up there in just a second. But now, but before have we, we had a hot fusion uh, beer on the show I before? Don't so. I don't believe we have. I'm familiar with the brewery in Fort Worth, but I don't believe we've had uh, had their beer on before. So I'm excited about tasting a little. I like right, the, right here. They say also right on the can. They say uh, where did I see it? Where did I see? Where did I see? Where did I see it? Brewed and packaged at Hop Fusion. Tap room open six days a week right there on the can. Nice. <laughs> you got to love that. What's the percentage on that? This is going to be a 6, 8, oh, 8.2. Yeah, Ooh, no, yeah. this is interesting because uh, we're kind of breaking a cardinal rule of the show because the sour that we're going to have second, I think, is actually a little less than the 8.2. So we usually start with something lighter, but in this case, the Honey Vanilla Blonde will, uh, uh, will weigh in. At an 8.2, so this but, should yeah, be yeah, it's also a sour. It's also a sour, so even if it's a little less on right. the uh, alcohol, it's going to have it's still going to have some kick to it. A much bigger flavor profile. I'm going to walk up here with this well, can so we can see it. Ian, I don't get a lot on the nose, but boy, the first sip of this is—I don't know if I've ever had a beer that had this much honey flavor to it. It is. Super and, and in a really good way too. It's very, silky very sweet palate. and silky. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm interested to see you uh, taste this, Ian, and thank you for 
displaying the can. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet, but uh, that's that's big words to say because right here in town we got Spindle Tap, and they make that uh, honey they hole. Make the that honey ESB, hole, which is wonderful, which is huge honey but flavor. This, this, I can almost taste the honeycomb in this. There's a little honey on the nose. Yeah, a I, little bit, a little honey and sweetness on the nose that you pick up, but it's not a it's not a big strong uh, smelling uh, beer right there. <coughs> There's, uh, get that off of his collar there. Oh, do I have oh, geez. Uh, uh, a friendly bug? Thank you. <laughs> it's a mostly friendly bug. It's an inchworm. <laughs> yeah. All right. That, that'll work. Holy he cow. His way. Yeah, what did I tell you? This is about as honey as you can get. And you can definitely taste the vanilla in there as well. They have bees it, working for them. But it really does. You, you really think of, you know, the honey that you can buy, local honey, uh, that has the uh, honeycomb. A piece yeah, of yeah. honeycomb in the jar. That's what it reminds me of. Is that that real natural that flavor? Real supernatural honey flavor. It's not just like a honey sweet. It's like a honey honey. You know, right? Yeah. This is this is really interesting too, and it's also really malty. As weird as that may be with the color, right? Like it's it's honey and malt. I'm and a, interested. And a beautiful blend. I'm interested to know what it is about this because most blonde ales are going to come in around five percent. I'm interested to know what about this. Cranked the ABV up I, to eight point six. I'm going to kind is. of assume uh, just that they obviously, uh, I think, probably put some honey in before uh, before it fermented because the added sugar, yeah, is going to add alcohol because right. that's what turns into the alcohol. That's what the uh, the yeast eats and, and and expresses as alcohol. So I can only assume that's where the honey. Uh, that's where the honey came in and, and bumped that up from. Because most Blondales are what, 5 6%? Yeah, uh, usually around 5, 5.27. Yeah. They're very specific about that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, this is this is probably my favorite Blondale I've ever had. It's really good. It's really, really it delicious. It says this bronze golden ale combines deeply aromatic orange blossom honey with a touch of pure Mexican vanilla. Oh, that vanilla is the other thing that's mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. The honey's so big. Uh, and raw. Uh, Piloncillo, Piloncillo, something like that. To round out its smooth finish, brewed with four grains, two varieties of hops for balance, but unpasteurized, unfiltered, to the natural essence of the citrus blossom to shine. Um, this is delicious. As far as the cigar, I don't know that there's a huge complimentary effect, but it certainly doesn't get in the way of uh, the uh No, they don't, they don't seem to have any so, fight with each other yeah, at all. Yeah, they're... they're they're complimentary and we're in the three different cigars, so we that's we get true. Any of that? Yeah, it, it's yeah. great with mine. Yeah, yours is going to be a lot more uh, mild. Yours is going to be a little bit more warm and spicy, mm-hmm. as is mine. And the spice, it it seems to work just fine with it. Yeah. Again, it's not one of those things where I'd go, "Wow, this is a pairing. We got to try this mm-hmm. all the time." But it certainly certainly nothing to complain certainly about. nothing to complain about. And I will tell you that mm. you know, again, with me being the IPA fans. Anytime I find a beer that works with a cigar, I'm excited because most of many of my favorite IPAs just don't work. It's really with interesting a cigar. if you take a sip and then uh, and you let it sit for a second, and then and then do a retro hail. You start you start picking up this really warm uh, citrusy thing. Yes, almost maybe a, a lemon or uh, like that. That yes, and it's in the background. There's no bitterness to it at all. Like this has almost no bitterness it's on really the finish. A wonderful thing, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Really a wonderful thing. Well, I like it, and not to uh, move us along too rapidly, but so we can try to keep our segments from getting too long, Ian, let's jump right into a little whiskey. This is, this <laughs> well, is slain. Who wants to stay sober? We've had it on the, uh, we've had it on the show before, uh, but I thought perfect time to revisit it because of, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day is next week, 
And uh, there's no reason to only drink Irish whiskey on St. Patrick's Day, that's for sure. But uh, it's a good time to be reminded of it and how wonderful it can be. And uh, I'm going to pour a little short on these because we got a bunch of whiskey to try. Yes, we so do. I hope you don't mind. Yes, we do. I'm not trying to be stingy. I'm just, I just know we got a bit to go. Yes, sir. By the way, I washed my hands. And that's good to know. I sang happy birthday twice. <laughs> oh, is that is that what they're saying now? Sing happy birthday twice? Yes. While you're and, washing and your you hands. And you soap. And you soap. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't forget the soap. <laughs> I mean, it's, sad, it's sad we have to teach people how to there wash their that. hands. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've gotten a good laugh out of some of the, uh, <clears throat> I guess you shouldn't laugh in a serious situation, but I've gotten a good laugh out of some of the emails that are flying around about here's what to do. Um, you know, it's it's, I have not seen the, Sing happy birthday twice uh, while you wash your hands email, though. That's good. Sing happy birthday twice. You use soap. Wow. Yes. Uh, also, you probably shouldn't sing this. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So you should probably sing it at a, a more normal pace. But should you add and many more yeah, at I the end? I was thinking that same thing. I think or, you should. Do, uh, okay. I mean, you probably after the second one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After, at go, least I mean, you can't the wash them too much. That's right. Yeah, you can't overwash. Uh, Ian, talk to me about Slane. Slane's delicious. It's interesting because I think after that beer, there's some orange notes in here that I've never noticed before. Oh, you may be right about that. I'm, I'm picking up a little of that as well. Like uh, like fruity notes that I, I don't know that I've really noticed in the Slain before. They say it's a blended triple cask uh, finish. It's incredibly virgin smooth. seasoned sherry. Okay, so it was a virgin barrel. then a, So you get the oakiness from the virgin barrel. You get the uh, seasoned season barrel. Seasoned sherry, gives it, yeah. Gives it uh, some of the color and some of the... Uh, some of the more uh, fruity, probably vanilla things, and then the sherry cask, of course, is its own thing. That's that sweetness that I you have get all to say, the way across there. Of all of the whiskeys that we've tried on the show, this and and Buffalo Trace are the ones that I say really no bar should probably be without these because yeah. they're inexpensive, they're go to delicious, and they're not gonna like. You know, it, it's something that if you finish a bottle every once in a while, you don't go, oh boy, now I got to go replace that. You know what You're I mean? Gonna- it's, it's not going to be that expensive. What, what is the price point on this? I, I want to say this is about twenty-eight dollars. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's not a very. It's it's <clears throat> slightly more expensive than Jameson, but not by much. Right. And and I think you know again we'll you're going to have a lot of people Jameson out there then. who are Jameson fanatics. Jameson, Jameson is a whiskey as as a brand has a very fanatical following. I think much like you know some people just love the brand itself. Like Budweiser has that sure. you know with their Clydesdales and their whole image, and then. Sure. Uh, who else has it? Jack Daniels has that. Of Jack course, Daniels' yes. branding is brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. I think Jack Daniels' stuff is cool, and I don't really like their Jack Daniels whiskey all that much. But their but their the branding stuff is yeah, really good. But though. their branding, their the branding look, look their advertising. So is they're fantastic. gonna Slane, I think, is gonna be fighting at or someone who just, who goes, you know, this this is a great one to pass on to someone who goes, Man, I don't really like Irish whiskey. No, seriously, try this. Mm-hmm. Cause it's different and it's not that expensive. This is a great one to have on the on the shelf, drink it like this and mix it even, you know? I know uh, Adam's brother Aaron. I think this is one of his absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. He just absolutely and loves this it. This is readily available? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not hard to I've find. I've never at seen least, a shortage of At it, least yeah. here in uh, uh, in Houston, yeah. we've had no problem finding the, uh, it. And, yeah, show, show, the show the bottle, and, uh, and then we'll take a quick break and be back with our next segment. You are pretty good at the whole Mr. Twirly Gig effect when we're on location. You know that? That, that just totally works. All right. I tell you what we do. I, I think we're going to order some um, powers. 
from the uh, bar here at uh, BB Lemon. We'll sample that in our next segment, and we'll uh, also we'll also do a little more beer. How about a sour ale? Now, sour should be really interesting in this After whiskey this, yeah, and cigar it thing. It should be a, a little odd, but uh, but that's what we'll do next. So uh, it's smoking and toasting. We are uh, live at BB Lemon in Houston uh, with Trenton Smith from Oliva Cigars, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's show number 177 of the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. Trenton, we uh, decided we couldn't say the show was world-famous until something happened that I didn't know if it would ever happen, and that is that my mom learned of the show's existence. Oh, boy. And my mom, who doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, once she became aware of it, you know, she's not a, let's just say she's not a consumer of media. So once she became aware of it, I'm like, that's it. We can, say we're, we can say we're world famous now. So, uh, but you, by have the way, wa- you have to watch what you say, too. And my mom has never been less happy with me. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it happens. So, uh, hi, Mom. Uh, so welcome to show number 177. Uh, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork uh, in Fort Worth. Right across the street from BB's Houston location is another of their establishments. I'm waving at them over there. And it's, hi, Jeremiah. Uh, it's called BB Lemon, and it's a wonderful little bar. They have great food. And it's just a cool hangout place. Their cocktails are exceptional. And they're going to be bringing us some Irish whiskey here in just a moment that they've got behind the bar here I'm at BB Lemon. pretty excited about so, that. Yeah, so very exciting. The very powers. Exciting. So, by the way, tonight, uh, Smoking and Toasting will be in attendance at the Great Houstonian Smokeout. For any of those of you who are in uh, the Houston area, uh, you are welcome to come out because it uh, starts at 630 at Batanga restaurant and that's downtown uh, right it's downtown uh you can get details and information at batangahouston.com that's spelled just like it sounds b-a-t-a-n-g-a houston.com <clears throat> starts at six thirty tonight and uh our friends at stogies are providing the first cigar that's pretty sweet yes and and rum flights from florida Kanye. I love Florida. Man, when they were on the show, uh, what was it, two months ago? Yes. Oh, man, that was so awesome. Yeah, and you took home, as I recall, a really wonderful half bottle of 25 uh, from that show. So I I would say it's a quarter bottle. Yeah. (laughs) That means it was a good show. That means it's a good show. Well, it may have been a half bottle when he took it home. No, it was a half bottle when I took it home, and that's that's what I call Uh, a quarter bottle. Come uh, on in. Thanks so much for bringing those over. These are are powers, and uh, do you... Do you know specifics on the powers? Is there any way you could bring the bottle out and let us look at it? Okay, perfect. Awesome. That'll that'll help us out. So, uh, so one of those is for Adam, uh, and then one for Ian and myself. Now, this is an Irish whiskey that I'm going to be honest, Ian. I'm not real familiar with. Do you know anything about? I've that? had it, but uh, but I don't know that much about it. Right. To be honest with you, uh, I've had it before and I can't remember anything about it because it's probably after I had a bunch of other of uh, other as whiskeys well. of various uh, designations. Well, it smells really nice. Yeah, it really has a great nose to it. It's a, uh, it's got a, it's got that <clears throat> that kind of Irish whiskey, like a minerality. A, to yeah, it? The, yeah, there's kind of that kind of that earthy smell to it that you get. You don't get that with whiskeys. It's a very earthy kind of thing. Yeah. It's almost a green. Or youngish kind of smell, 
but not in a bad way by any means. If wow, that makes sense, you know. It's. Uh, I think I just. I think I just turned into Ray Donovan when I took a snip. Uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, that's uh, that's really, really good. Of course, uh, I don't know if that's the whiskey he drinks or not. Oh, thank you so much. So let's uh, let's show that to the camera, Ian, and then maybe you can take a look and tell us something. I see that it's triple distilled, and uh, uh, thanks to the folks here at BB Lemon for. <clears throat> Okay, so yeah, they're probably not hearing you because uh, your mic's back here. But this looks like uh, it's triple distilled, and uh, you mentioned honey. Yeah, I'm so definitely here, picking here, up get, on let that. Let me get my mic on this so I can. <clears throat> so I say, definitely I picking up on that. Right off flavor. the right off the front of the bottle, it says uh, whiskey of superior quality with its distinctive pot still, spicy honey flavor, triple distilled and matured and specially selected American oak casks for richness and complexity. And then the back of the bottle says, Powers Gold Label Tasting Notes. Nose, cinnamon, clove oil, white pepper in balance with uh, russet apple. I definitely pick up the apples yes. on there. Uh, ripe pears on a background of charred oak. Definitely the charred oak as well. Taste cinnamon, green peppers, a touch of nutmeg combined with orchard fruits, uh, vanilla, and toasted oak. All laid upon a crispy, crisp barley core finish. Long pot still oils and spices slowly fade to rich barley and toasted wood. That's I, that's a very long description for a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, no, they they talk about it a lot. You know what? Though I got to tell you, um, compared to most Irish whiskeys that I have, this is incredibly smooth. Yes, like if you go, you know, I like Jameson's, but it's a little, a little, uh, you know, like the bite or the heat mm -hmm. is a little much. Mm -hmm. This is incredibly smooth. This goes down like so easy. Well, it's got a definite, uh, you mentioned oil a couple of times when you were reading. Yeah. It's got a definite oiliness to the mouthfeel that was not evident in the slain, for But example. it's also not a heavy mouthfeel. The fruits <clears throat> no. in this come out huge. This is a fruity uh, uh, Irish whiskey, uh, easily a fruity Irish whiskey. You're abso absolutely right. You now, were going to say Doesn't something. every Irish whiskey have to be triple distilled? You know, I believe that that is correct. Ian, does that make does you're, that you're ring above true my pay grade now? <laughs> See, I think only, I recall that to be an only, Irish whiskey, it has to be triple distilled. If only Jeremiah were here, he could tell us that not us only does it have to be triple it. distilled, but it has to be only built on a building site that <laughs> contains a particular mineral in the earth, and uh, you know the kind of stuff he and knows the about whiskey. Story behind it, yeah. and everything else. Now we do have another uh, friend of the show, uh, Chris Hart from Whiskey Neat. Who has nobody, been? Nobody cares about that. Guy. Yeah, but Chris at who? the same time, <laughs> he has been certified now as a whiskey expert because we read that in Texas Monthly. So uh, we'll have to ask him. You know, I know, I know, we tease him about that, but kudos to him. That's, That's pretty such a awesome. Big I love Texas Monthly, by if, the way. What if, a great magazine! If Texas Monthly called me an expert about anything, I would. I'd tell everyone. You know, yeah, yeah, especially your mom. Yeah, now she's especially listening. my mom. Mom, I'm a whiskey expert. <laughs> I mean, they do. If, She'd if, love it. If, She'd be so excited. If you ever travel down to Texas and you want to kind of see what's going on or what you should go see, Texas Monthly is a great magazine to go to because they'll have Thank lists. You. Thank you so much. They'll have lists of what's going on. They'll also have like they have special uh, uh, issues where they have like the best barbecue restaurants, yes. the best burgers in Texas. Yes. It's, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool magazine. I love that she came and picked up the bottle. By the way, I don't know if you can see that on camera, but I'm sure she was wondering if we were going to continue to <laughs> help <pour>. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, not like, home. it's not like on TV. Like it, that's one of the things I love in TV and movies when the guy, uh, you know, sits up at the bar and they pour him a drink and then they leave the bottle for him to continue to pour for himself. That doesn't <laughs> have, happen. Have you guys so, watched uh, the series Hell on Wheels? 
Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, okay. I know of it, but I, I have seen to it. drink whiskey while I'm watching it because there's so much whiskey involved. And they, in the old days, it's building the railroad. Yeah. And in the saloons, they just, I'll take a bottle of whiskey, and they come and set the bottle of whiskey right there, and then they just start pouring leave, it. Leave the bottle. See, that's the way I. Yeah, they one. used to just measure the bottle, right, and then charge you accordingly. Yes, that's right. So, uh, Wiki Brian uh, popped in here. Triple distilled! Exclamation point. Is that like triple hopped? So. <laughs> Apparently, yes, triple distilled is what it has to be uh, for Irish In order to whiskey. be an Irish whiskey. Yeah. Um, and like like triple hopping beer, uh, was it um, Miller Light that advertised they were triple hopped like every other beer I think it might ever? have been, yeah. Ever? Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. Triple hop. Uh, yeah, he, he also uh, points out Irish whiskeys are distilled uh, three times uh, compared to twice for most uh, whiskey. Okay, well, uh, th- and that may be responsible for some of the smoothness, although, as you mentioned, like regular Jameson's has got, got a little kick to it. It's got a little yeah. kick. It's good, though. I mean, like, it's... But this is in, this Powers is incredibly it's super smooth. super smooth. Yeah, yeah, super smooth. Like, this is Almost so too easy smooth. to... It, so easy to drink. It's like... So, yeah. Reminds me of the Skelly, the tequila. It's so easy to drink that it's, it's, it's you almost, almost dangerous. Yeah, yeah, you almost wish it weren't quite so easy to drink. This uh, this reminds me of that a little. Great flavor a, profile. The oil in here gives us such a buttery, wonderful mouthfeel to it as well. It's not a heavy, it's not like a real like sticky or um, uh, uh, overpowering, but it's really, really nice how it, yeah. how it coats the palate and then leaves that nice aftertaste, especially on the retro ale. Trenton, one of the things we do here on the show is that we... Uh, we do really high-tech sound effects. Uh, so, for example, if we want the sound effect of a bottle opening, what we do is Ian takes an opener and actually opens a bottle. That and, is uh, so really sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, wow. we're like that. That was pretty good, actually. Uh, like for being bounce? on location, the bounce was good. I, I was at an account the other day, and I came uh, in this bottle opener, yeah? and it was his ringtone. When you oh, even get a text, I'm like, what awesome. is that noise? That is, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I need the, I need that ringtone desperately. So while Ian's pouring the sour, let me ask you another uh, Oliva question. The the company is now, as you said, vertically integrated. Uh, always has been. Always has been. Okay. Yeah. Is there more than one uh, location where you guys grow tobacco, or is it one farm? Yeah, actually, uh, this trip that we went to in December, we got to go to the Condega farm. Okay. And it is just absolutely beautiful. We had a mountaintop view of it, and they were uh, some of the some of the plants were already growing. They were planting some. We got to visit the greenhouse, which it's just such a meticulous process. Yeah. Putting seeds into a little cup and then yes. I mean, it's, it's just so much work uh, one of the things that we um, found when we uh, visited the uh, tobacco farm in honduras uh, is that they would give us cigars and then they would have one of their uh, blenders come around and they would take a different leaf like so maybe it's a connecticut uh, uh, cigar and then they'd take like a carojo leaf and he would come and wrap it around and the it totally cigar, changes the flavor. And we would get to experience how that completely changed. Yeah, it was cool because he wrapped it a little below with a burn point, so that within the next couple minutes you were tasting right. your cigar like normal, and then all of a sudden you taste that change. Right as it yeah. as it hit the new burn point of, of the of the new leaf. Yeah. Now, now speaking of <clears throat> different tobaccos from different regions, one of the things that makes the Oliva V very special is the the Lajero from the Jalapa Valley. Oh, uh, right, and right. That's, uh, Lajero is the very top part of the tobacco plant. It's the oldest part of the tobacco plant, and we put a we use a lot of the Lajero from Jalapa Valley in the Siri V, which gives it a little more kick. Correct. Yeah. And then moving on to the Milanio, we still use that Lajero, but we age it an additional three years. So, so it mellows it out it a little bit. It mellows it out, yeah. and it's more in the medium range. Yeah. This 
Lancero has got such a wonderful tang on the tongue. It's just got, and it's that Lajero tobacco, isn't it? That's yeah, what it I'm, is. Is what I'm getting. It's really good. And that's really what makes good. the difference between uh, ver- being a little spicy and just being mm-hmm. in the medium range. Right. Now, I know this is a question I probably shouldn't ask. Oh, but boy. But do you have a favorite in your lineup? Master Blend. Master, master Blend. Love the yeah. Master Blend. Yeah. Melanio, you can't go wrong. And so much of it just depends on when I'm smoking, who uh-huh. I'm smoking with, how much I've been smoking lately. But, yeah, I mean, I've got my go-tos. I've noticed that uh, there are a few of the um, the online um, uh, places where you can buy cigars that you guys have done, like, a house blend for them. We do a lot of yeah. house blends. Yeah. Like, and Once a week, probably. And, by the way, I've had several of them. They've been right up to the quality that you would expect from Oliva. What, uh, how, does, how does that process work? Do they – if I'm – let's say I'm a cigar store uh, – uh, an online outlet, and I want to do a house blend, and you guys agree to do it. Do I get involved in the blending at all? Do you you send can, me samples, and you can. I we just say have, what I like? We have so many different processes for that. It's kind of a build your own, right. and each case is uh, very specific to that individual case. So you can kind of be as hands-on as you want to be in Correct. it. Correct. I mean, right. we've got parameters, and every week I hear of a new brand or something. Somebody shows me a picture. I go, yeah, it's probably an exclusive online right. thing. But as many of those as there are out there, your own core line is really only a handful of different uh, expressions. Yeah, one of the things I did want to mention is we also make Nub and Cane. I was right. going to ask what the relationship is because Nub by Oliva is what you always see on those. And I love the Nub uh, Maduros, uh, especially when we find them in a tubo because that's, like, that's my go-to. If I just can toss a cigar in my pocket because I might get a chance to smoke a cigar. Yeah. Because the tube protects it, and that's just a great cigar. Small, but smokes a long time. Yeah, Leva started kind of a launch pad for new brands, and it was called Studio Tobacco, and that's where Nub was created. That's where Kane was created. And they Kane's had a whole, great, too. Yeah. We yes. had a whole tour for that, and those cigars still exist. Nub is considered, it's a short, fat cigar. It's considered the sweet spot of the cigar. Right. So, one of the things we're always most amazed about Nubs is, they're this little cigar. I mean, they're they're big in ring gauge, but small. Yeah, in, it's a five-inch in cigar, size. right? And yet, four four-inch. Yep. It's a four-inch cigar, and yet sometimes it'll take just as long to smoke yeah. as a much longer cigar. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a sixty ring gauge cigar. Yeah. So it's now the other thing with nub. It's a since it's a short fat cigar. The bigger the ring gauge, the cooler it's going to burn. So on a sometimes a shorter cigar, you may get some uh, heat to it, yep. which will activate some of the spices in it. Yep, and nub burns cool the entire cigar i'll just mention this since you guys came out with nub a lot of other cigar companies have that, come out yeah. with a similar uh product yeah. but none of them have done it as well as nub yeah. i nub it to me is still the best of all of those that i have tried yeah and it, that's by purpose it was invented as a launch pad for new brands and it's just succeeded and it's still in our portfolio. Also that I love that ad where it's sitting on its ash and it's burned yeah. almost uh, down almost all the way up to yeah. the label and it's just sitting on its ash. That, that was a whole ad campaign what can you smoke it in one ash? Nice. 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 So now, Those, you ha- now you have all these guys smoking in cigar shops like laying on their back <laughs> trying to smoke a cigar. It, I will guarantee you by the way that Ian will get it on his shirt if he I, I will at some point in time. Like I it, it, I always Maybe I talk too much with my hands. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, I will warn you, uh, before you try I've that, I've seen Cruz, that you've uh, done a little research. Before you try that, Cruz, uh, make sure you take a sip of water or something. Okay? Something as a palate cleanser? Yes, as a palate cleanser, because right next to the cigar, 
This beer and this cigar fight each other in the worst way. Okay, that's good to know. They're both very good, but they don't go together. <laughs> like, wow. And that's that's the nature of a sour, you know. Right. Just, Sours are tough to they're, pair. They're tough to pair with a cigar, wow. that's for this sure. This is like a sour pear is what I'm getting. Right, at. right. And so if you were to do a cigar with this, you want something on the much lighter side. Uh, right, so it wouldn't fight it. Yeah, something with a Connecticut and definitely on the more mild side of mild to medium. And Oliva has the perfect cigar, Connecticut Reserve. Yeah. Connecticut Reserve, yeah. Um, uh, while we're sampling, by the way, this is really good. So this is the Little Fish uh, Passionista Sour Barrel Aged uh, with Passion. Sour Ale, Barrel Aged Sour Ale with Passion Fruit. So you can oh. definitely pick up on the barrel aging. Yes. It's 5.5%, so it's not real huge. Let's see. Blend of, this blend of barrel-aged sour wheat ales was fermented over... On over one and a half pounds of passion fruit puree per gallon. The brightness and intensity of fruit really shine on this one. We recommend not aging it for too long, maybe a year at most, to get the most vivid fruit character. Uh, it will still taste great later, but the passion fruit will diminish somewhat. Passion fruit is clearly not a local fruit for us, but as with all of our beers, passion, Passionista starts with a base of our Ohio-grown grains malted uh, by our good friends over at House Malts in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cheers, Sean and Jimmy. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, I, I said pear, and now that I've had a few more sips, I can definitely taste the passion fruit. But that was yeah. still my first impression was pear. Yeah. Uh, and those are two very different fruits, so it's interesting. Passion fruit a lot sweeter than pear. but there's a, and, the, and because it's sour, you get a lot of that skin Yes. Of the pear kind of uh, mm -hmm. flavor going on. It's a, it's a very good beer. Mm -hmm. I'll put this one up to the camera real quick. While you do that, I'll say, I did take a sip and then went back to the cigar, and it was not as jarring as you might have thought. Uh, it actually wasn't bad at all. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. They're not, they're not made to go together, but it's... Uh, it's not if, if I had a glass of this, you know, sitting outside at the uh, at the B at the BB Lemon, I I wouldn't stop smoking the cigar I was smoking. Oh, you notice I didn't ditch the cigar or the beer, yeah. right? <laughs> I think that's right. Okay, so wow, what a segment! Powers, and uh, and then this sour, and still working on the cigar. Now for the next segment, I'm going to go for another cigar, Same and here. I'm going to have a very difficult decision to make here between the Master Blend, which is one of my all-time favorites. And the Milanio uh, Perfecto, because, well, I'll think about it during the break, and we'll be right back. Smoking and Toasting Show number 177, uh, live at BB Lemon. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Oh, nicely done, my friend. Nicely done. Uh, you know, when you when you create your own sound effects, it, it's not like just like punching a button or dropping a file in. You take great pride in each and every one of them. That's and if right. they don't turn out the way you wanted, you're like, all right, I'm going to do better next time. Take two. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the nice things about having to make sound effects, like especially like the sound of a cork opening a uh, whiskey bottle, yeah. is you actually have to have the props on hand. Right. You have to have the bottle with a cork. Right. And you don't want it to be the exact same sound effect every time because that would be inauthentic. So you have to have a different bottle every time. That's, I, I like where you're going with hey, this. I'm just, this I, works I just for me. Try to, you know, I just try to do what, what makes sense for us. You I know? think there's a reason and that keeping we're... keeping our quality up. I think there's a reason that we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, show number 177, halfway to 200. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and the shop right across the street from it. I call it a shop. That's a industry shop. talk. Uh, uh, the uh, wonderful restaurant and bar across the street called B.B. Lemon. Now, and keep, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, we are at B.B. Lemon. Yes. Right across the street from us is actually the butcher shop. That's now. right. That's so right. keep in mind that B&B is actually a butcher shop. Yes. Like, you can walk in there and buy steaks to take home and put on your grill, and they're going to be amazing and, and better than anything you can do at home unless you just happen to, I don't know, have a room where you dry age where you steaks can dry at age your house. steaks for like months and years at a time. You know, and I'm sure somebody does. Somebody's that enthusiastic <laughs> about steaks. But anything you look at, you look at like that's a hobby like this, you'll find someone who is more enthusiastic even than you. you also, know I, I mean? want to thank Trenton, man. These uh, uh these uh, Oliva uh, double cutters here are so nice. Yeah, like nice, you. heavy duty. You can feel the quality in them. Awesome. Yeah. Just uh, last year, we revamped our event swag so we have a lot of new stuff a lot of new stuff yeah just well you showed events. us something that you said is coming and you have like a, a prototype of it and that's this oliva pin here uh and maybe ian you oh, can go yeah, show that to on. the Let camera that up there. because this is one of the coolest swag items i've ever seen uh because just, just don't only, take it on a plane not only is it a pin right <laughs> not only is it a pin but at the top oh no turn the, the silver part there you go. So there's the pen. And then its dual purpose is it's a lighter. That's so awesome. Oh, must must uh, acquire one of these oh, yeah. when they come out. Next That's time great. I see you. Next time. I just got that in my uh, <laughs> shipment of samples this last week, That's so, so that's going to be new for events. That's so great. So um, when you're um, doing uh, Oliva events, um, what kind of – what kind of feedback? I mean, obviously, there are fans of the brand. We know that. But what kind of feedback do you get from people? And is that something that you actually are able to communicate to uh, the bosses and Absolutely. the blenders? Yeah, yeah. We, we have a very good line of communication. If there's an issue, we'll report that. Uh, the number one thing I hear is, man, this is such a consistent cigar. You're, and that yeah, is, really right that is that. what Oliva has been prided on for ever since its beginning consistent and again consistent without being overly pricey which is i think a, a yeah. real testament and i think one of the reasons that as cigar companies go you've got so many fans because it's easy to go uh, you know I'm, and i'm not picking on padrone they make great cigars but it's easy to be excited about their uh their expensive uh, anniversario cigars but I can't smoke one of those every day, you know. Right, uh, right. So, and, and Oliva, I can I can keep my humidor stocked with them. I can have one whenever I want. The price is reasonable, and the quality and the consistency have just been fantastic. Really, from the first time I ever smoked one, and that's yep. that's really that's really impressive. And like we were talking earlier, it three hundred hands. I mean, so many people are involved in the making of a cigar, and it would be really easy to kind of lose some of the quality if you don't just have steps in place right. every, uh, every for every step of the way. We right, have right. a process to right. just to make sure it's made well. And I can think of so many other brands. You know, um, Gurkha, Camacho. Both of those brands, I think, are back to making good cigars, but both of them went through some real struggles with Suffered. the quality not being as consistent. And I can just see how easy it would be for that to happen 
Uh, and and again, uh, the vertical integration, I'm sure, is the big reason for it. But you guys have remained so consistent for so long, and that's that's really something to be celebrated. And we really went through a tough time when we got number one in Cigar Aficionado. Right. And that, I mean, everybody was calling and placing 100 box orders and we did go on back order for a bit, but like I said earlier, with the new factory, the new box factory, we are totally caught up. Now, our buddy Alan Denny, who nobody cares about, um, he is um, you know, a, a great friend of the show. Uh, he worked for a while for E.P. Carrillo, and while he was there, they got number one uh, cigar yeah, of the year. The and he's told us about how it just changed everything, yeah. like from there being able to keep it in stock places to it driving the success of other things but i mean cigar aficionado you know there's things about them i love there's things about them i don't love but they really do have an impact on sales in this industry don't they yeah it's a lot like wine spectator with right uh, the same format where you get a high rating and then all of a sudden everybody wants it right and kudos to you guys for not like immediately yanking up your prices when you got a number one list well we have had a few price increases but i mean with the fda getting involved and right. now we're going to have a little bit more ups almost stopped shipping tobacco products right. now they went to where you have to have a signature and now there's an added fee involved with that so i mean wow. just doing business is getting more expensive let me ask you about um um you know new brand uh, new things within the brand new lines within the brand obviously with you know some of the new FDA regulations making that stuff a lot harder to introduce. Uh, I know a lot of tobacco companies release things in a limited way so they would have something on the market that they could then do a wide release on later because it would the ghost come out blends, before right, yeah. the ghost blends. Did you guys do anything like that? And and is there are there any plans to uh, release any new blends? I have not heard of any plans uh, to release anything new. Gilberto was our newest and that was about three years ago like i said we just got caught up on production so we're trying to let that ride and just go with the brands that we have a lot of times when you do a line extension sometimes they get lost and sometimes it hurts your core absolutely you know it comes at your own expense absolutely they'll switch from something that they're currently smoking to try that and then they'll like it and then go away from that brand right so it's but it's all interesting i mean what we're seeing in craft beer is it's all about what's new yep. and the established brands the sam adams and the sierra nevadas have real challenges to to keep their core lines relevant during the time when everybody's trying something new right so um uh, so I, I can see a bit of that in the cigar industry as well but i think that may slow down now that the uh now that the legislation is in place and and that makes again what you guys have done with consistency so critical and so important so Ian, I think you've already done some sampling of the Telemore Dew single, single malt, have you Telemore not? Telemore Dew single malt drinks uh, like a really fine scotch. Mm-hmm. Like it really does. The heat is a warm whiskey hug that comes back after the fact. Um, and it's so such a clean and delicious upfront, uh, super smooth malty flavor going on on this. It's, uh, it's, it's really, I think, an outstanding example of an Irish whiskey. If you want something special, and this is matured for at least 14 years in a traditional oak cask, is what it says right on here. This is a four cask, old bourbon, Oloroso, sherry, port, and uh, Madeira, uh, bottled at 41.3. So ever so slightly 
overproof, but not enough uh, to really make that much difference. And by the way, works wonderfully with the Milanio. Mm-hmm. Wonderful pairing. Works great with the uh, Serie V as well. Yeah. You got a nice that, ash on that Lancero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, that, it's going to fall on that, me. That ash is, if that ash could think, right now it's thinking, man, I love that shirt he's wearing. I know. <laughs> I think he just dropped it. Just it dropped. In <laughs> uh, uh, is there a sense from what you perceive that Irish whiskey is not taken as seriously yeah. because it's not scotch? I think because it's Irish, not American bourbon. Irish whiskey most of the time is a, is a blended whiskey anyway, and I think blended whiskey gets a bad rap uh, because of some of the major brand blended whiskeys that you get. Uh, or blended scotches and, and things like that that you get that are just kind of subpar or really, really ho-hum. Uh, but I think the Irish whiskey in general also, um, and I can't remember what it is. Brian's going to have to uh, uh, get me up to date on this. But there's there's something about Irish whiskey and how they make it that a part of it has to be, I think... Um, well, triple distilled, uh, we know that one. Not matured the same way. I can't remember exactly what it is. I'd have to look it up. But uh, but there's <clears> there's <throat> a distinct flavor you get with Irish whiskey that <clears throat> that you don't get with other ones. And it's a very earthy, uh, and I want to use the word raw because there's a rawness to it, but it's not in a bad way, and it's not in an unsmooth way. It's just a little more of an earthy flavor that you get in on, uh, even a super fine one like this 14-year-old. Like that Powers was smooth. This takes smooth to the next level. Right. You know, uh, but I think this is a little bit, this is the 14-year-old, which is going to put it at a higher range uh, than the uh, than the standard powers And, you, well. and you know, to add on to that, not just Irish whiskeys, but I think blended whiskeys get kind of a bad rap sometimes. If you uh, do, if you go into cigar terms, every cigar is a blended cigar. Right. We use right. different tobaccos right. from a different... A blend weed. is not considered a bad thing Correct. in the cigar world. But for some reason in... Uh, in the whiskey world, well, it can be and looked at really as great blended oh, whiskey. People love yes. to throw around the term single malt. Uh, this is an Irish uh, single malt right here. Uh, I think that people don't understand what single malt really actually means. That's telling you two things about a whiskey. That's that's a statement about the whiskey telling you that it was made at one single distillery. Right. Meaning it wasn't blended from other right distilleries. And that and can the be malt a good thing, is the but, main profile on right. it. Right. That's what it's telling you. When you say single malt, it's not saying that it's super special. It just means it's coming from one distillery, and malt is the uh, the uh, base, primary base. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this single malt is as good as something in the same age uh, range from Scotland that I can, oh, easily, that I yeah, can think easily, of. Easily. And uh, I'm going to tell you this. It's a little less expensive. Well, I think also that uh, Irish whiskey in general, I think the taste of Irish whiskey is uh, considered not as sophisticated as well. Right. Um, you know, like we're all familiar it. with Jameson's. It's so ubiquitous mm-hmm. that we all had Jameson's. I personally think Jameson's is delicious. I can drink it on the rocks. I can drink it neat. Uh, and it's fine. It goes great with almost everything. I've never had it clash with a cigar. Right. Um, and so uh, when you get to higher levels of Irish whiskey than your basic Jameson's. Even Jameson's uh, higher-end offerings or some of their different offerings like their cask mates, which they've been hitting out of the park. Uh, I think that uh, Irish whiskey is now starting, people are starting to look at it and go, oh, this is actually 
something now instead of, oh, it's just Irish whiskey. Right. I well, think and I think the number one whiskey in the world this last year was an Irish, was an whiskey. Irish whiskey. Yes. And that has opened a lot of people's eyes to the right. fact there's some good whiskey being made in Ireland. So. Yeah. The number one selling? Uh, no, number one, number one rated, number one rated okay, yeah, yeah uh, by whichever of the whiskey uh, magazines or websites does the rating. Yeah. But it was it was a big deal at the time. It yeah. made a lot of made a lot of news. All right, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We we'll come back for our final segment. When we do, we have uh, I think what could be the most interesting whiskey of the day. Uh, it's a Jameson, the Blender's Dog. The Blender's put Dog put together by Head Blender Billy Layton. Uh, uh, from uh, from Jameson, this is part of a special series that the blenders and distillers did at Jameson's to create their own sort of like custom brand inside uh, inside the Jameson brand. So uh, we'll do that. We'll come back with a, a list from Delish.com of the top ten Irish whiskeys for St. Patrick's Day. And you got a is that an inchworm? Oh, there, yeah, oh, he's back. yeah, he is back. He's he's looking for my collar again. <laughs> uh, plus, we'll be tasting a uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout from Hackensack, New Jersey. Hackensack, Hackensack. It's just fun to say. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's uh, show number 177 of the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. We're halfway to 200. We are. We're brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in uh, Fort Worth. And, of course, by B.B. Lemon, which is where we are today. It's such a great vibe out here. I love this place. I love the lemonade stand. Yeah, yeah that it re- really is cool. Uh, so just got a note from Jeremiah. He's not going to be able to make it to the show. So we're going to be enjoying all of our Irish whiskey without him. So uh, sorry about that. We'll have him on a future show. In fact, I'm going to invite him to come to our whiskey blind taste test that's coming up. Ooh, that's so that going to be, be fun. It's coming up on the 19th, which actually is a week from today. And speaking of future shows, I thought I'd just go ahead and like move into my calendar into August and tell you that the current the current plan, unless we wind up missing a show between now and then, which we don't usually do, uh, is Smoking and Toasting number 200 will be August 27th, a Thursday. One save the date, take Friday yeah, off. Yeah, save the date, take Friday off. And uh, if you are someone who's been on the show, Trenton and anyone else who's been on the show, you will all be invited to participate in show number 200. You just have to bring, you know, something that you want to talk about. That's the only. Uh, that's the only requirement, so... Uh, but you'll be sampling everybody else's stuff, and it'll be uh, it'll be pandemonium. Uh, it's it's a it's a pretty cool thing. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. I love that word. Uh, so, Ian, we are uh, now working into our final segment. We've got uh, a little more whiskey to taste. We've got uh, a really interesting imperial stout. Which which way you want to go first, my friend? <sighs> decisions. I, decisions. Man, yeah, that's a good thing. I I, I think. I think I want to go whiskey first, and then uh, and then we'll pour the beer. All right, sounds good. The whiskey is the uh, Jameson's Blender's Dog, and you're going to have to. That one has not been opened, so you'll have to show that to the camera, Mister Twirly Gig in effect. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned, Ian, you were talking about Jameson's. Thank you. Uh, and I have friends that that's their brand. That that brand has such a strong 
identification as a uh, as a, as a whiskey. You even mentioned being a Jameson fan, did you not? Absolutely. I used yeah. to be a Chivas ambassador, which is Pernod Ricard, and that's in the same right. portfolio. Okay, so you are. You are acquainted uh, with... I'm very loyal uh, to, to Jameson. <laughs> to Jameson. Okay. And I'm sure we're going to hear Jameson's name when we go through this list of, uh, of whiskey. So while you're pouring, Ian, let me start with this list. This go ahead. This is from Delish.com. And they listed the 10 best recommended Irish whiskeys for St. Patrick's Day. And it is, it is a good way. Again, you shouldn't just have Irish whiskey on St. Patrick's Day. I try to only have Irish whiskey on days that end in Y. That's my, um, that's my, you know, sort of ongoing. Uh, St. Patrick's Day ends in Y, too. That's right. So it works. and, and it, But it is a good day for Irish whiskey, just like, you know, on Cinco de Mayo, you're probably going to want a uh, cerveza from Mexico somewhere. Or, or You're right. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, right. Have a Corona or a margarita of some sort or some really good tequila. Uh, coming in at number 10 on the list from Delish.com of Irish whiskeys for St. Patrick's Day. Slain Irish Whiskey, the first one we had on the show Right today. there on the list. Uh, here's what they say about it. They say, if you want something authentic as hell, this is your best bet. Slain Whiskey is made on the grounds of Slain Castle in Ireland, by the way, where you two recorded uh, The Unforgettable Fire. No. Um, it's remarkably smooth because it's aged in three different casks. It's hard to find better reviews for an Irish whiskey than this one has. They show the retail price at thirty four ninety nine. I'm going to tell you, I think I bought it for about twenty eight. Yeah, I don't think it's that much here in Houston. Uh, at number nine, Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. Now this is the regular Tullamore the Dew standard yeah. still. Yeah, uh, if you want a surefire win, this whiskey is your best bet. The second largest selling brand of Irish whiskey in the world, and they say it's more gentle. And some other Irish whiskeys, making it perfect for those who aren't usually comfortable. You can also buy it in the clay. Um, yes, in the clay pot mm-hmm. that they sell it in, and that mellows over mellows it over time. I didn't as realize well, yeah. that. That mellows it over time. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Uh, they're showing the traditional Tullamore Dew at uh, a suggested retail price of forty three ninety nine. That uh, again, I'm pretty sure you can. Get I think it we can get a little yeah, yeah, a little cheaper yeah. than that. Uh, at number eight. Writer's Tear, Tears, Writer's Tears, Pot Steel Irish Whiskey. Never had Saw it. a bottle of this when I went and bought the uh, Jamesons uh, uh, and, and did take a look at it. Uh, I, it wasn't what I ultimately went with. It says here, uh, this one is also not your typical whiskey. It was a medal winner at the International Spirits Challenge in London and one of the highest rated Irish whiskeys in Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible. Uh, the name is apt given Ireland's famous writers like James Joyce and Oscar Wilde, but as many have joked, this whiskey is a bit less bitter than actual writer's tears. So, well written article here, by the way. All nice. Right. Uh, I'll go to number seven. This looks familiar. It's Powers Gold Label. If you're planning a wild St. Patrick's Day party, uh, this should be your go-to spirit. It has a bite that will put a bit of hair on your chest, but is drinkable enough to enjoy casually with friends. If you're into a bit of spice, this one's for you. Just be sure to share. Uh, we did... I didn't detect a whole lot of bite in that. No, man, I thought it was very smooth. Uh, Very, very smooth. At number six, the Red Rest 12-year. That's a good one. They say this whiskey is for those who have a very discerning palate. It's often described as complex and boasts notes of toasted wood and fruit. Its flavors will stay with you for a long time, so it's probably best served as an after-dinner drink versus something to take shots of. While celebrating St. Patrick's Day, you know I don't. But do your thing. I don't really actually take shots. Yeah, I, I'll, well, like when someone pours me a shot, I sip it. See, I'm the same way. You know, I don't. You're not in college anymore. Yeah, unless it's really like, really not that good, and then I'll throw it back to get it, <laughs> to get it out of the way. 
and move on. And move on and hope for something better for the next round. So uh, so that's the bottom five of the top ten list. We'll get to the rest in a moment. Ian, you've poured this uh, Jameson's uh, The Blender's Dog and had a moment do a little research. So talk to me about this Irish whiskey. Um, I'm going to tell you what I think about this Irish whiskey. Uh, holy cow, it's delicious. Wow, wow. This uh, does have a little bit of a bite right at the very end of the palate, yep. and then that whiskey hug comes back. But it's so buttery smooth at the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's got a little fruit and chocolate. Yes, there is some chocolate like, It's there, got some it? chocolate going on in there that really, like, it loves the cigar, too. Yes, it absolutely, sure. And it could be the cigar bringing out some of that as well, because I do have this cigar. This is the uh, Siri V. Lancero that I have, which is a little spicy yep. with, with some of those uh, chocolate notes going on in it, or mocha notes going on deep in it well, as well. So You are right. There is a butteriness at the beginning that is just, like, lasts throughout the whole My experience. favorite thing about this is you know how they tell you, you know, it's the water that makes the whiskey? Mm-hmm. You really can taste the water that goes into this. Well, like, you're right. That it's, it's such a clean and refreshing taste happening at the same time as all the whiskey going on. And I'm absolutely loving that. You know why God invented whiskey? For me? So the Irish wouldn't rule oh. the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's, this is... that's what I've been told. And I'm part Irish, so I can, I can, uh, <laughs> I can go with that. I can tell that joke about the scots but I, I don't have any scottish lineage so you, you, now in the politically correct world that we live that we live in you can only tell jokes about the ethnic group that you come from that's the only thing that's yeah accepted. yeah so uh part of my lineage i don't know if i can talk about aquavit very much <laughs> <laughs> hey listen my two uh my two strongest uh uh ethnic lines are irish and american indian so what that means is I love to drink, but I can't handle the fire water. That's uh, that was inappropriate, by the way. But again, I have American Indian like in me, so I can I can make those jokes, right? It as works. far as I know, I know there's a couple of gentlemen sitting a couple of tables over from us, enjoying some cigars and whiskey, and it looks like they're having almost as good a time as we are. I wonder if we should offer them some of this uh, Jameson's. I don't know. It's uh, it's. It's that's, awfully good. That's the neighborly thing to do. It is the neighborly thing to do. <laughs> Unless you just uh, want to take it home. Um, uh, I'm going to take it home. <laughs> any further thoughts on this? this is- well, I feel like this this particular bottle, um, this bottle is going to have an issue at the end of the show because it's going to evaporate. Yeah, and then know, when you look at me and say, what is, is that strange problem. lump you have? Yeah. I'm going to be like, well, I'm just happy. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not your bottle of whiskey. Is that a bottle of whiskey in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Don't listen, no, Mom. This, is, this <laughs> yeah. is outstanding. This has so many different things going on, and it's so incredibly smooth. Celebrating the passion of our craftsmen, the Whiskey Maker Series presents The Blender's Dog. I wanted to create harmony and complexity, and i got to say he – created a beautifully complex uh, whiskey here and in view an infusion of creamy and spicy notes with butterscotch and a prickle of tannins uh, i named this whiskey after the dog uh, a tool i use to take samples right from the cask nice so that's the blender's dog is the tool that they use see to- and i hear i thought he named it after his actual i thought it was you know naming <laughs> it after you the know dog. i think it's 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 like a little thing on a uh, on a little chain and you drop it down in there fill it up and pull it up and that way you can taste it uh, from the bunghole on top of the cask it reminds me of that line from indiana jones where the guy laughs at him and he goes oh you were named after the dog (laughs) (laughs) so this whiskey is not actually named after the dog it's named after the tool that is used it says spirit wood and time perfectly balanced i gotta tell you knocked it out of the park with this this is outstanding uh what was the 
price you on say this it's bottle. It's about $60. Mm. What do you think at that price point? I, I think I have a seed in mine. Uh, that may be a little thing from the tree above us. Yeah, I'm going to drink it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the whiskey will kill any coronavirus that Builds might uh, exist in that seed. So. <laughs> and plus, I know where you can get more if you want to yes, uh, pour to. some more. All right. So while you're doing that, let me. Uh, let me uh, do the rest of this list from Delish.com of Irish whiskeys, and then we will sample our final thing uh, for the show, which is going to be this bottle. You, you go on with the list, and I will open stuff. and pour the yeah. new bottle. Uh, at number five, Green Spot Irish whiskey. Ian, are you familiar with Green Spot? Uh, yes, we tried Green Spot at uh, the New Potato. Oh, we certainly did, and it was wonderful, as I recall. Yes, yes, we yeah. tried that at the New Potato. That That's was one of the right. ones he was very proud to have over there. He's got a nice uh, selection of Irish whiskey over it there. It says uh, here that if you have Green Spot, on your table, you'll likely find a few fans in your midst. This particular spirit's a fan favorite, beloved for its universal appeal, but elevated taste. If you're a fan of favors like vanilla, cinnamon, and cranberry, this is the whiskey for you. Hello? Who's yeah. not a fan of those flavors? Right. That's, that's fantastic. At number four, Connemara Peated Single Malt Irish Whiskey. Um, have, now, I've seen peated Irish whiskeys. I don't know that I've ever actually had a peated I don't think Irish. I have either. Uh, but I did see some of this on the shelf, and uh, it comes in at about a $70 price point. It says this whiskey is truly unique. First off, it's the only Irish peated single malt whiskey widely available today. It's also a lighter color than you might be used to seeing, and it's a bit sweet. But once you take a swig, you'll also get a delicious smoky taste. Like we said, unique, but it all adds up to an absolutely delicious drink. I like peat. Connemara at I, number four. I like the flavor of peat. Um uh, Pete's one of those things I got to be in a mood for. I have kind of a, a spot so, on my whiskey shelf that's yeah. all my whiskeys, and uh, and I really do enjoy it. But I haven't had a peated Irish whiskey, so it's very intriguing to so, me. So, question for you: When you're at home and you're doing the whiskey sniff, the really organic whiskey sniff at home, um, I, I call you, that tonight. Yeah, tomorrow right, night. Okay, yes, that, these are the kind of nights. That's called Monday night, Tuesday right, night, yeah. Wednesday night. Uh, do you go to the peated whiskeys as well when you're doing the sniff? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. It depends on. It really depends on the cigar. If I have a cigar that has an unusual flavor, like uh, what did I mention earlier, the uh, like a Kentucky Fire Cured, right, or something that's really a little bit out there, I'll almost always go to the peated whiskeys first, right. Uh, and then it also the peated whiskey for me is is kind of a mood dependent thing because what happens is, uh, just like anything else, you know, you might really like something, but you might be not be in the mood for it all the time, right. right. And so to me, that's almost like a little treat. Mm -hmm. uh, so those mis those whiskeys actually move pretty slow on my uh, on my shelf, but man, when I'm in the mood for it, that's the thing that that's hits where the spot. You go. Yeah. So there are certain cigars that I know go with it, but it's got to be a big cigar. It's got to be uh, like a like an edge or uh, something really really strong, like uh, any anything by LFD. Right. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, well, as we move to number three on our list of whiskeys here from uh, Delish.com. Uh, we moved to the first one with a pretty hefty price tag. Coming in at a retail price of $249.99 is the Bushmills 21-Year Single Malt Irish Whiskey. Mm. Now, I've had Bushmills. Have you had the Bushmills 21? We had them on the show, but I don't think we yes, had the 21. I don't think we did. Says so this one. Is, this is one that belongs in your bar cart or perhaps hidden somewhere special in your desk. Bushmills has a 400-year history of making delicious, high-quality Irish whiskey, and this is one of its finest creations. It takes 21 years for this bottle to make its way to your door, so what better way to celebrate Irish history than with a piece of that history? 
just so you know, when you have a bottle like that on your shelf, somewhere near you need to have the giant combat bottle of Jim Beam or something like that. Yeah. And that's for your buddies that come over and go, I'm going to mix it with Coke. Yes. You yes. want them to look at that you big. Go, no, no, that one. You want, to, you want them to look at the big bottle of Jim Beam and go, yeah. <laughs> and then they shouldn't be invited back. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> at number two, uh, and a much more reasonable price point of fifty one ninety nine. Uh, the Teeling Single Grain Irish Whiskey, T-E-E-L-I-N-G. We Teeling. had that also at yes. the uh, New Potato. Yes, we did. If you're a fan of wine and whiskey, they say you might be interested to know that Teeling ages its whiskey in California Cabernet Sauvignon casks. It's the same In the same spirit, this whiskey is smooth and almost fruity, making it perfect for year-round drinking. So, there you go. Number two. At number one. Number one. With a Drum price point of $9.99. No. Jameson Irish Whiskey. I say, okay, you knew it was coming, so why not uh, kick off the list with this fan fave? And by the way, that's, I went to 10 and went up. I don't know if these are really in order of what they think is the best. I don't know if they're really saying that a $10 bottle of Jameson's is better than the $250 bottle of Bushmill 21-year single malt. But they do love the Jamesons. They say it's been around since 1780, and for a good reason. People love it for its high quality but reasonable price point. Notes of honey and malted barley, which makes it totally easy to sip in a crowd favorite. If this isn't at your St. Patrick's party, what's your deal? Uh, and I will just say, as good as Jameson is, wow, that Jameson that we had today. The, that the, the Blender's Dog? That oh. changes everything. That changes just Amazing. By the way, the Blender's Dog... I'm about to try the whiskey after the uh, barley wine. Here. So you've got no, no. This is not a barley wine. This is a, an imperial stout, or the uh, imperial. This is the elementary yes, imperial stout. What can you tell us about the stout, Ian? Well, it doesn't say much on the front of the bottle. No, but let's turn it around. See what it says. The elementary brewing company in Hawaiian. How did you say this word? Lania. Lania Kea. Lania Kea means endless heavens and is the name of our. So Galactic supercluster in our little solar system. Darker than the deep riches of space, our bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout is a reminder that while the universe is vast, we still have a place entirely our own. Mm. At 9.6% ABV. Uh, I, You know, this is delicious. Uh, Ian, I'm big. picking up plenty of coffee and espresso notes. Coffee and espresso, it's big It's got time. that grittiness to it, not in texture, but in flavor, if gritty can be a flavor, it's got it. Well, it's got that it's got that coffee bitter at the end of it mm-hmm. that uh, really finishes nicely. You know, if you I'm, like a good cup of coffee that's not sweet and down with a whole bunch of uh, milk and right, sugar, right? You know, I'm curious as to why the guys in Hackensack, New Jersey, at the uh, Elementary Brewing Company, which is a very well respected brewery, by the way, I'm curious why they gave this a Hawaiian name. Because the flavor doesn't make me think Hawaiian. When I think Hawaiian, I'm thinking something much, you know, like a fruity sour I or an IPA. Apples, with, yeah. yeah, or your right. shirt. Right, or my shirt. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, so it doesn't feel Hawaiian, but it does feel delicious. Yeah. Well, this is this is really, really nice. It's big. It's full. Uh, it's a little viscous. Yes. Um, the carbonation is right on it. And now I it's haven't gone back to the super whiskey. High car- they, go, they go well together. But you, you, I wouldn't say they're a match made in heaven, but they're pretty darn good together. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that both of them are working incredibly well with the Milanio. And this is this is just such a solidly incredible cigar. And I'm, I'm curious, is...
practical integration of the company, the fact that you guys plant the seeds, grow the tobacco, do the whole process happens with you, now even the making of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, does that help you keep your costs as reasonable as they are for Oliva Cigars? Yeah, I mean, we control every aspect of it. So now, I mean, this brings up another point, the uh, unstable condition that Nicaragua was in right now. I mean, right. government has a, I mean, they're kind of in chaos and so that affects it also so but right now i mean uh, we haven't really had any problems the cigar companies really have a relationship with the government there and they kind of hands off so because it's it's got to be one of the biggest industries in nicaragua right so yeah i mean every every part of it that we control helps us control cost well i saw an article uh earlier this year that said that for the first time in a while that uh, imported cigar sales were down slightly, but Nicaragua was up huh. dramatically. Nicaragua's been really hot for about the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. At one point, it was everything came from the Dominican, then everything came from Honduras. We've been on a Nicaragua roll for quite a while. Yeah, we really have, and you know, most of the AJ Fernandez stuff is Nicaragua, uh, and you guys have been uh, just like dominating your corner of the market for quite some time. Is there, um, is there a sense of, you know, you said you don't really see a lot of new product releases on the horizon. So is the idea just, like, maintain the quality and just keep keep steering into the future? What, what yeah, do you I'm, think's I'm, ahead for you guys? I'm sure we'll probably come out with something relatively new. Last year we came out with a Milanio Figurado in the Maduro. And the right. Figurado, the traditional Milanio Figurado, the one that we're smoking now, got number one in Cigar Aficionado in 2014. Right. So we may have some limited uh, limited releases. Uh, Which is cool, yeah. I'll tell you, when you don't come out with something new every other Thursday, it does make it a bigger deal when you do release you do. something new. You know? Well, I remember uh, at one of the events, I bought uh, an event-only box of cigars that you had available. And they, I think they were all Figurados in there, weren't they? I don't think we had one with all Figurados, but it was, it at, was this is when we were doing sizes. This is when we something. were doing the Studio Tobacco tour, yeah. and we were just throwing some prototypes in there and just putting a number on them. Yeah. And of course, that's the one that everybody wants. And I'm like, it, it was never made, and so you tell people they can't have it and they want it more. Yeah, of yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it's it. Actually, I a good it was marketing. a five cigar box, yeah. uh, and it had a bunch of different. It had a couple master blends and uh, the. Gilberto in there, and it was really nice. One of the things I've noticed is that anytime I travel, go into a cigar store in a town I haven't been in before, you guys are always there. Like, there is a, you guys seem to have great reach and representation at uh, at retail. Is that, uh, clearly, this is part of, part of your job, but, like, h- how do you do that? I mean, because there's some cigar companies, like, you'll see them some places, but you don't see them others. You guys are always there. Right, you, with the Macanudos and the, you know, sure. uh, Romeo and Julieta. And, and again, I'll go back to the consistency issue. Uh, we really pride ourselves on, you're smoking today what we were making yesterday. Five years it. ago, we're smoking the same thing. Right. And that takes a lot of meticulous work. Yeah, it does. Well, I think your line also is is cohesive and also at the right size where you almost get looked at in the industry a little bit like a, uh, like some of the boutique brands right because you don't have you know you don't walk in and command an entire wall for your cigar like some of the bigger companies 
uh, do. You you have, but you're everywhere too, which makes a huge difference, you know. Yeah, and I like to say we have something for everybody. Uh, when I do events, I say that. 50 times during the event. We have the Connecticut Reserve, the Gilberto Blanc, which are very mild. We have the Nub Cigars, if you like a short, fat cigar. We have the Siri V, the Master Blend. Kane F is yeah. one of our spiciest cigars. That's a big cigar. That's yeah. a yeah. very a big cigar. Yes, yes. That's one that you would pair with when you were asking me earlier about, like, the uh, the uh, peated whiskey. Right. That's, that's one that would stand up to that. To that, right. And, and we even have flavored cigars. We have coffee-flavored cigars. Right. With well, the, with the I have to tell you, I've had uh, many times I've had all three of the cigars that we have on the table here with coffee, and I'm not a sophisticated coffee drinker. I make coffee at the house in my little Keurig, but I don't put sugar, I don't put milk in it, I drink it straight black, and I love these cigars with coffee. Yes, That's absolutely. Wonderful. And whiskey. And whiskey. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, depends on what time of day. Yeah. You know. And and uh, imperial stouts that have a strong coffee flavor to them. <laughs> that doesn't, uh, works yeah, as well. doesn't suck, yeah. does it? Uh, Trenton, thank you so much for being on the show My today. Pleasure. This has been uh, an absolute blast having you. Uh, and thank you for you know being a part of this brand that really is pretty special to us. I mean, we're we're Oliva fans, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to celebrate what you guys do and, well thank and, you for what yeah. you guys do just putting the word out there educating people and just giving people a, a format to talk about their passions and how to enjoy life well that's that's really what we you know we started out you know, we were thinking does the show need some sort of slogan like it's all about the good life or something i was like no nah, you know what i think people kind of get that kind of get it this is about this is about enjoying the things that you enjoy and to me um there's nothing there's very, there's very few moments in life that are better yeah. than having a great cigar and something wonderful to drink. It's just, you know, this is a passion. We love, we love doing it. So, thank you for being here. Now, thank you. next week, <clears throat> we're very excited. We're going to be doing this for the first Drum time roll. ever on smoking and toasting. Yeah, we don't have our little effects box, so Ian's fingers on the table are about as good as it gets. I don't know if that came through. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, but thank you for not going. Brrr. I appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> next week, Chris Hart and Alan Denny, and maybe another special guest will join us for Smoking and Toastin's first ever whiskey blind taste test. We'll be trying probably about 10 different whiskeys of various price ranges and uh, styles, and we'll be tasting them blind and deciding. I want to do it in the same way we did when we did the light beer blind taste test. So we'll try them in groups. We'll pick our favorite of the group. Our, 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 we'll rank the group that we just had, let's say three, four at a time, before we know what they are. Then at the end of that segment, we'll reveal what, they, what each one was. And then at the end of the whole show, we'll rank our absolute favorites of the day. So... Uh, it, you know, it's really just for fun, but blind taste testing uh, can be really interesting because I will tell you, when we opened up that bottle of Jameson's, based on what we were reading on the label, what we knew about the brand, there were certain expectations that we had yeah. for how it was going to taste and what it was going to, what what we thought the quality level of it would be. When you taste it blind, you have none of those expectations, right. and you may come at things with a very different perspective i would expect for example something like the slain to do very well in a blind taste test even though it's a much less expensive whiskey well we all to some degree drink uh smoke uh eat we do this with our eyes to a large degree right uh because if it looks awesome and it looks cool we want to like it 
This looks know. awesome and cool, by the yes. way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's just that's just the truth about humanity. We just do that. So it's interesting in the blind taste test to see what stands up when you have no idea other than you just see the liquid in the glass. Yeah. You know you guys are putting a lot of pressure on yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna well, I mean you're gonna learn some things that you don't when you're when you're looking through your eyes and well, seeing something and the expectations. I really hope that some of the things that do really, really well in the test will be things that aren't the more expensive and more, uh, uh, you know, pricey kind of uh, uh, whiskey. So as long as you don't have to name fun. the brand. If if this works, then we'll uh, we'll do the um, uh, we'll do the same thing with you know some tequilas and some other things. So so you know one of the things I respect about cigar aficionado, assuming that it's true, and they hold true to it, is they do all of their cigar testing blind. Now, it's true that. If you handed me one of these without the label on it, I might still have a good idea what it was. Yeah, so some it's are not very a, distinct. It's like not a that. perfect system, but but still, the fact that it does something to try to even the playing field, I think, is a good thing. So uh, I still don't understand all of their ratings, but you know. Before we go, also, if you get a chance, different. check out our YouTube channel. Uh, it's smoking and toasting. Uh, you'll be able to find us pretty easily on there. Uh, hit like, hit subscribe. <sighs> Hit the yep. little bell to let you know whenever we're uh, whenever we're putting up new uh, content and everything. Yep. And also, I'll be in New Orleans this weekend, uh, going down with the wife to see a show, and uh, hoping that I will be able to uh, do a segment someplace in some cool little bar or awesome. a brew, brew room. Awesome. Awesome. So. And tonight we're going to be at Batanga. Yes. So come out and join us for that if you're in the Houston area. Uh, we are looking forward to it, and it should be very special. Anytime. Florida Kanye is involved. Oh, f- I, I can yeah. tell you that I'm expecting good things. So thank you, everyone, for uh, checking out the show today. Thank you again, Trenton Smith from thank Oliva you. Cigars. Uh, keep doing what you're doing because we love it. And I will wish all of you a, a very wonderful week. And cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.